Welcome to Welcome the Real Coder 79 podcast, where it's okay to be a lousy programmer, but it's not okay to stay that way. In this episode, Real Coder 79 comes to grips with the reality of software bugs. What's up, everybody? Real Coder 79 here. Today I'm going to talk about every developer's least favorite topic bugs, defects. That's right. Backwards momentum. Not forward movement, not new development, not architecting grand code the likes of which the gods have never seen before. No. Bugs. Bugs. The the grime in every software developer's eye. You know you hate them. So let's talk about them. I don't want you to hate bugs. I don't want you to have bugs, but Bugs are inevitable. As a developer, you're going to have to deal with bugs. If it's not your own code, it will be somebody else's. You can't avoid somebody else's bugs. You can't stop your boss from coming at you at 5 o'clock in the afternoon with somebody else's bug that you have to fix. So bugs are something we all have to live with. Why not embrace bugs as a natural part of the software development life cycle and learn how to turn fixing bugs into an enjoyable process? I think that's the only way we're going to maintain our sanity. Too many times I've gone home in the evening after having spent an entire day fixing some silly bug, frustrated, tired, angry, and I'm tired of it. I don't think there's a need to have to live that way. I don't want you to live that way. When a bug crops up, it really can feel like you're taking two steps backwards. But no matter what you're doing, when a bug crops up, if you don't have the software chops to realize that bugs are not the end of the world, bugs are a natural thing that we have to deal with, then it really can feel like a bug is just the end of your world. It can really feel like you're moving backwards, like the whole schedule is getting thrown off because of some bug that you know nothing about. It's a horrible feeling. I hate bugs. And what makes it kind of worse is that there's a million different kinds of bugs. You never really know what to expect. Nobody plans for a bug. It just kind of happens and... Fixing it always seems like it's something different. 
and and black box bugs are the worst. By black box, I mean the kind of bug that you have no insight into. A lot of bugs feel like black box bugs at first because there's no immediate clear answer. A lot of times you have to dig to find the correct angle of attack. And a black box bug is one that you have no insight into. You can't get into that black box. You can't see inside that black box to figure out what's happening. That's the worst because, oh man, then you really have to figure something out. You can't just ignore the bug most of the, of the time. And maybe the worst part about bugs are the annoying customers and bosses or other co-workers that complain about the bug, who make the bug into the biggest problem in the world. As if it's your fault that the entire world is collapsing and it's your responsibility to be the superhero and save the day or else somebody ain't gonna be happy. Those kind of people can really bring pressure in on the situation and as a software developer you have to know how to control the situation. And so I want to talk about a different way of thinking when it comes to bugs. Because I think if we looked at bugs differently, then our software would be better. We would make more forward progress if we knew how to more properly handle bugs from a mental perspective. Because most of it, most of what a bug is, is a mental thing. Really, it's just a flaw in the code. Everything else that we hate about software bugs has to do with what happens in our minds and in other people's minds. And really, it's, it's just what's in our minds because what happens in somebody else's mind doesn't affect our bug. It doesn't affect us. We have to realize that. And all we have to do is change our way of thinking about the bugs. So the first thing I would recommend when somebody assigns a bug to you is to stop. Stop everything. Stop writing code. Take your hands off the keyboard and the mouse. Take a deep breath. Maybe clean up your desk or Go get some coffee, something something to drink. Take yourself away from the situation, but, but, but most of all, stop. Don't allow yourself too much time to freak out. You don't want to freak out. Freaking out is the last thing you want to do. So do whatever you got to do to not freak out. Don't complain. Don't condemn. Don't criticize. Those are important things. Just stop. Give yourself 
30 seconds of not saying anything and not thinking anything if you can help it. It also helps not to make any assumptions and, and not to take anything personally. Really, you know, we're all human, we all make mistakes, we're all horrible at communicating. So, making assumptions about someone else or even yourself and then taking the, those thoughts captive and, 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 and making them your own, taking those, making the situation about yourself, taking it personally, that takes things in the wrong direction. You don't want to take things personally. The first thing I would actually recommend instead of freaking out and making assumptions and taking things personally is to be vulnerable. Be humble. Seek out those mental positions. If you're a religious person, now would actually be a pretty good time to, to be, get a little more religious, you know, because that can help. Maybe even if it's just meditating. At this point, meditating and trying to be more humble is going to be really, really, really useful. Being vulnerable is interesting because it allows us to to admit fear, to see fear. Now, first of all, fear is not a bad thing, and, and I'll try to get to that in a second, but but humility is where really where you can find your fear, and finding and seeking fear is really, really important. Fear is, like I said, it's not bad. Fear is a sign that you have an opportunity to be greater than who you currently are. That might not make a lot of sense to you, but if you think about it, you're faced with a bug and you have no clue how to fix it and your body naturally reacts with fear and your mind sees that fear and freaks out your mind freaks out which causes your body to freak out more which causes your mind to freak out more and it's this cycle that that just makes everything freak out and that's that's very natural but nobody really wants to admit that they're a wimp and that's kind of what what fear looks like to to most of us Nobody wants to admit that they're afraid. Nobody wants to admit that they're scared, especially not of a software bug, but you can admit that to yourself. It's okay to admit that to yourself. We have to admit to ourselves that we don't know what it's going to take to fix the bug. Not knowing something does cause fear naturally but that doesn't mean the fear has to cripple us fear is a tool i can't tell you how wonderful it is to realize that seeking out fear is 
one of the most beneficial things that you can do for yourself. And ultimately what we want to do is replace that fear with love. I'm not going to get all sappy here. You can call love courage. You can call it ambition or motivation. Whatever your word is, I prefer to call it love. Because I think I personally feel like there are two main things in this world. Fear and love. Everything kind of boils down to those two things in my simple little software developer head. So what I encourage you to do is replace that fear with love. And what that takes is understanding, again, that the fear is just a sign that you have an opportunity to be great. You have this opportunity to be great. So understand and know that you are great. You know you're great. You know you're awesome. I know you're awesome. So we're going to fix this bug and we're going to be awesome while we do it. We're going to love the fact that we're a software developer and we have the skills. We are fully capable of figuring out how to solve this bug, this crime of humanity. And I mean, that's why we do what we do. That's why we love software development. It's because we have this like this giant box of invisible Legos and we can build anything with it. This, this bucket of invisible clay that we can mold into anything. We have a skill that is unique among most people. And so let's take that skill and be awesome with it. If we're not gonna be awesome with our skill, we might as well give up. But if you've dedicated yourself to being a software developer and an awesome software developer at that, then this opportunity, this bug, is your opportunity to become greater, to be awesome, and hopefully have an awesome story to tell when you're done. So now that you're amped up and full of love and courage and ambition and motivation and you're ready to take this thing on, what do you do now? Well, you make a plan. You get out your favorite note-taking application or pen and paper if that's your, if you're old school, and you make a plan. Just jot out a couple things. What whatever is on your mind and I guarantee there's something on your mind about this bug just write out the first couple steps whatever the next thing is that you know you have to do write it down or if you can think of a couple possible reasons why the bug exists write it down if you can think of who could help you fix the bug write it down if you have any information about the bug in your head at all, write it down. The plan does not have to be organized at this point, but you just have to get everything out of your head onto some system so that you can continue to think clearly. If you don't do this, 
you're pretty likely to start freaking out again and then we got to start this whole process over from the beginning so let's start making a plan once you've got everything out of your head then you can kind of organize it a little better and formalize it into a sequence of action steps that you're going to take to try to get this thing knocked out and of course once you have the plan and you have the mental position that's going to get you through this plan then you just attack the plan it's kind of a rinse and repeat thing if you find yourself getting frustrated stop be humble all the go back and listen to everything i just said because I'm, I'm not going to repeat it all again i feel like i'm kind of rambling already here but repeat the steps get yourself back into the right place where you can love making forward progress again love what you're doing that's so important when you're tackling these bugs because that's the only way that it's going to get done and before you know it uh you know it could be a day or two but the bug's going to get done and then and then you've you've fixed the bug then you you have a story bugs produce valuable information they create a learning experience almost identical to creating new code to forward development because it's still code and it still has to be written you're going to learn something about that bug you just fixed and that is awesome you're gonna walk away a better developer because of what you just went through even if you just spent several days and realized that the solution to the problem was the most mind-numbingly ridiculous thing that you could possibly imagine and i've been there even if it takes several days to find out that one line of code one character was the cause to this massive problem that brought down the entire enterprise you're going to be a better developer for it you might learn a very big lesson from a very small thing but i guarantee you'll never forget that experience and you'll never have to spend that much time on that problem again like i said it'd be a good story every developer has been there where they have spent a long time to fix a silly problem so you don't have to feel bad and you don't have to hide that story from somebody no go out and tell that story tell your co-workers tell your best friend now i say i say tell your co-workers tell your best friend that you just just blew days on this ridiculous thing but make sure they know what it is that you did that is valuable information blog about it tweet about it get that out there and save other developers that nightmare that you just experienced.
Or, honestly, if you're lucky, you'll get a nasty bug. And I say, I say lucky because nasty bugs, really big bugs that cause you to have to dig deep into a system, especially if it's a, if it's a system that you're not familiar with, if it's code that somebody else wrote, if it involves some black box, those are the best bugs because they will stretch you. They will push you every bit as hard as new development will. All your buddies who are working on new features, who are working on I don't know, whatever they're working on is not a bug. Chances are, what they're doing is not any more awesome than digging into a really monster bug. You need to realize that, that your job as a programmer in this situation is extremely important. It is your task. You have been given the mission, the very prestigious mission of figuring out this very big problem. And honestly, if you don't fix that problem, what good is some new feature going to be if you've got this big problem? The big feature and the big problem are equal. I say put your superhero undies on and go get that bug like the awesome coder I think you are. And lastly, I just kind of want to point out some, some other bugs that have happened in the past to maybe help you realize that while your bug may be a big one, maybe your corporate website is down, maybe you've got a thousand customers that can't access their data, maybe you just deleted a lot of data that was very important and that wasn't backed up. Yes, I'm pointing at myself even though you can't see me. I have been there. I've, I've had bugs that did that. I've had to apologize profusely. But no matter what, I can almost guarantee somebody has had a bigger bug than you. For example, in 1988, a software bug was the cause of a Russian Space Research Institute's Phobos-1 deactivating its altitude thrusters, which could no longer properly orient its solar arrays or communicate with Earth. Eventually, it depleted its batteries. Okay, that's a pretty costly bug. Here's another bug for you. In 1996, the European Space Agency's Ariane, Ariane 5 Flight 501 was destroyed 40 seconds after takeoff. The $1 billion prototype rocket self-destructed due to a bug in the onboard guidance software. So, unless you've lost a billion dollars in one of your bugs, you know, consider this a a stepping stone. And another one from the European Space Agency. In 2005, its Cryosat-1 satellite 
was lost. It, it says lost in a launch failure due to a missing shutdown command in the flight control system of its rocket carrier rocket. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and from NASA, its Mars Polar Lander was destroyed because its flight software mistook vibrations due to atmospheric turbulence for evidence that the vehicle had landed and shut off the engines 40 meters from the Martian surface. Ouch, that was in 1999 and a pretty catastrophic bug. Ooh, and its sister spacecraft, Mars Climate Orbiter, was also destroyed due to software on the ground generating commands in pound force while the orbiter expected newtons. Okay, so it sounds like these two machines uh, were developed by me. They weren't, but that seems like something I would do. Uh, I hope that was not you out there listening. I apologize. For the rest of us, it's, it's very funny. Ooh, and here's another one from NASA. Those fine folks missent a command from Earth causing the software of the Mars Global Surveyor to incorrectly assume that a motor had failed. Now this caused it to point one of its batteries at the sun, which we all know is fairly hot, and that battery overheated. That was in 2006, relatively recent thing in the scheme of things. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't point anything too closely to the sun. That's what we can learn from this. I feel uh, it's safe to say that none of my listeners will point their code at the sun. I feel pretty good about that. Ouch. NASA's on a roll here. Uh, their Spirit rover became unresponsive in 2004. A few weeks after landing on Mars, engineers found that too many files had accumulated on the rover's flash memory. Um, Alright, I'm going to stop here for a second. Because... I have done this. Now, it <laughs> it wasn't on a lunar rover, something, whatever. I'm no scientist, but I've definitely filled up a hard drive with log files. Raise your hand if you filled up a hard drive with log files. I don't think that's a bug necessarily. I think it just lacks... I think the program just lacks a feature to tell it to prune the old log files. That's all it is. That's not a bug. Don't let somebody tell you that's a bug. If somebody tells you that's a bug, you tell them to come to RealCoder79 and I'll um, turn around and run. Ooh, and I'm reading this one here because, uh, well, code can kill people. Um, a bug in the code controlling the some radio uh, radiation therapy machine was directly responsible for at least five patient deaths in the 1980s when it administered excessive quantities of x-rays. 
Yikes. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. That's a pretty hardcore bug when you, when you kill people. Um, I hope none of you have killed people with your code. That is not a laughing matter, but I'm, I'm telling you this honestly because to put things into perspective. I had a code, honestly, uh, where I couldn't get some database stuff to happen a couple weeks ago. I spent a couple days on it and the solution was, was it just, it, it hurt how how simple the solution was um and i thought i was just i thought i was the worst developer um ever and i don't even just the just to compare that to a bug that kills somebody <laughs> there's just there's no comparison it okay that that's the new standard right there Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, so here is a bug that was not really a bug. Do, do, does anybody remember year 2000 or 1999? We were all partying like Prince told us to. And coming up on 1990, on 2000, the year 2000, and we all thought everything was going to blow up. I remember where I was when the clock rolled over to, to 2000. Of course, I was in the East Coast, so it had already happened somewhere else in the world and, and everything was fine, but I remember that and it was just the craziest thing, thinking that there was this big bug that was gonna clobber the, the world and it never happened. So sometimes you're gonna get handed a bug that it doesn't turn out to be a bug. And I'm going to kind of get sidetracked here. I've had a lot of situations, and I think we all probably have, where we get handed a, quote, bug, unquote, and we invest a lot of time trying to figure out what the problem is, and turns out it's not a bug. It's how the software is supposed to function. And, uh... Well, let's just say we probably point our fingers at the person who pointed their fingers at us and tell them to go do things. That's that's at least how I deal with that situation. Mm. Google in 2009, uh, well, their search engine erroneously notified users that every website in the world was potentially malicious, including its own. What do you do when Google tells you that everything's bad? I'll tell you what you do. I'll tell you what you do. You go to Bing and you Bing it. That's right. I'm a Binger. I, I, I'm a proud Binger. Now you know. If you didn't know, now you know. I Bing and I Bing for life. What's up, Bing? And here's an interesting one, one that I've not actually ever come across. I think modern tools prevent this thing from happening, at least with my development stack. But in 1997, Smart Ship USS Yorktown, okay, this is a Smart Ship, was left dead in the water 
for three hours due to a divide by zero error. Yeah. Okay, like, I can't even try to write a divide by zero error in my development environment because it tells me that I'm a goofball if I do that kind of thing. So, thankfully, I can safely say that I've never had to sink a ship. That would be bad. Alright, here's an interesting one for, I'm sure, a couple of you who play World of Warcraft. The Corrupted Blood Incident, and right now, okay, I'm going to stop. I don't play World of Warcraft, but I just have this mental picture that as soon as I said Corrupted Blood Incident, all the World of Warcraft were like, Dude, I remember that. It was so crazy. <laughs> I don't know anything about World of Warcraft people, though. I think I just stereotyped all of them. Anyway, the Corrupted Blood Incident was a software bug in World of Warcraft that caused a status ailment that was supposed to be locally restricted to a certain level of the game to be set free affecting all players everywhere in the virtual game world. This caused players to avoid crowded places in-game just like a real-world epidemic and the bug became the center of some academic research on the spread of infectious disease. Well, that's just, that's just interesting. I, I did not know such things can happen. I get a feeling that people get pretty, pretty deep into this world of Warcraft thing. And guys, those are just a few bugs. Just a few that I found out there that really put things into perspective. It doesn't matter how good of a programmer you think you are or how good of a programmer you actually are. I've read stories about some of the, the biggest coders in the world having bugs in their code. Like, it's something that you cannot avoid and I want you to just accept that and learn to treat it as a opportunity an opportunity to be a better developer i'm real coder 79 and i thoroughly hope that you enjoyed this podcast it's my first that i've done and it wasn't very planned out or scripted honestly i just got this brand new microphone and i wanted to test it out and to be even more transparent to be more humble with you to prove that i do what i speak to, that i practice what i preach honestly i was very afraid to come out here and record this I did not know how it was going to turn out. As I'm recording this, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know if I'm going to put this out there. Just the thought scares me. But I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to go inside. I'm going to download this audio. I'm going to try to 
turn it into something awesome and despite the fears that people are going to hate it I'm going to put it out there I'm going to love the skills that I have and I'm going to I'm going to do my best to turn this into something great I sincerely hope you like it and I look forward to seeing your comments thanks Thanks for listening to the Real Coder 79 podcast. If you've got a comment or question, Real Coder 79 would love to hear from you. And if you want more Real Coder 79, go to realcoder79.com or search for Real Coder 79 on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, SoundCloud, or in your favorite podcast app.